it's rare these days that the head of a trade union will become a public figure. However, that's just the position Mick Lynch has found himself in in post-Brexit UK amidst the rail strikes over better pay. He's a straight-talking trade unionist whose reply to those who don't think striking is the answer is, well, what is then? What is there for working people to do if they're not organised? Our guest on this episode of Irish Global Solidarity in 100 Objects is trade unionist Yvonne O'Callaghan of SIP2, and that's what's at the core of her conversation with Tony Daly. She believes collective power is so much more than striking or protest. It's about organising, it's about togetherness, and it's about intergenerational convergence, especially in the context of her contributing object, the high-vis vests worn by SIP2 members when supporting the student strike for climate in Dublin in 2019. Yvonne believes that their trade union is built on the idea that through collective action, real and progressive change can be achieved. And I can't help but be reminded of the lyrics from Billy Bragg. If you don't know Billy, make the time to get to know him and his work. There's power in the factory, power in the land, power in the hand of the worker. But it all amounts to nothing if together we don't stand. There is power in a union. Yvonne O'Callaghan, trade unionist, activist, chair of the Global Solidarity Committee with the Irish Congress of Trade Unions, assistant industrial organiser with SIP2, long-term activist and trade unionist across your life. Hello. Good afternoon. Uh, Nice to see you again, Tony. So thanks, Emil, Yvonne, for uh, making the time to talk to us as part of this podcast, Irish Global Solidarity in 100 Objects. So I have a number of questions to ask you in relation to the object that was included in the exhibition in 2020, and again with the online exhibition, which relates specifically to the climate uh, action vest, sometimes known as the climate strike vest, but I think climate action vest is a word that gets used about the the reflective vests that people were wearing across the streets um, supporting climate strikers. And it's a very interesting object that was included in the exhibition. Tell us about your object. So the object, as you rightly said, Tony, is um, a high-vis vest that we use for school climate strikes. Um, And this came about starting in 2019. As trade unions, we became involved with the school climate strikers and their actions taking to the streets. And one of the aspects that we agreed with them was that as an ally, we weren't going to participate in um, shaping the content or how they were going to run their protests, but we would offer our experience to help them with the practicalities of organising big protests, particularly in Dublin and around different cities across Ireland, because as trade unionists, we are well versed in how to do street protests. And it was part of our allyship with um, school climate strikers that we would undertake that. And so as part of that, we wanted to display our support and throughout the school climate strikes. So we had trade unionists wearing these high-vis vests that says SIP2 supporting school climate strikers. And it became, I suppose, an iconic type of a high-vis vest because everybody wanted one to have in order to display their solidarity with young people. And I think also it was a great display of that intergenerational solidarity between 
workers and younger people between trade unions um, and trade union leaders and young people and and it has also taken off globally um, amongst other trade unions across the globe so we, we kind of set a trend in a sense to being the allies with young school climate strikers. Thanks for that Yvonne, uh, very clear and I think I had two or three other questions relating to things you've actually brought up. Why are a bunch of adults getting involved in uh, young people's business You know, when they want to strike and that impetus to be involved and supportive and accompany young activists is a really interesting display of solidarity but also in terms of their own decision making and, and what, what they would like to shape um, and being supportive of that process is um, uh, not always something adults are willing to do with young people which is uh, give them the decision making power and support them in processes like that so I think it's a, it's a, it's a really important empower, empowering moment an interesting moment to observe but um, and a really exciting object in itself really imbued in a a yellow vest, uh, a reflective vest that uh, marshals wore on the streets as part of a, a peaceful protest. In terms of this kind of trade union activism, is there a history of that sort of thing, supporting young people on strike events or even in the climate issue? I suppose, first of all, in terms of young people, I think trade unions um, are always outreaching to young people, whether it be through education in schools about trade unions, whether it be work that we do with students' unions at a secondary level or in, in third-level education through the Union Students of Ireland. Um, but I think also many unions have youth committees and there is a youth committee also in the Irish Congress of Trade Unions. I think there's always going to be a conflict between older generation within the trade unions and a younger generation. I think it, it's trying to understand from each other what our commonalities are. But I think also we need to invest in young people. They are the next generations of workers. They are also the, the current leaders of um, in the workplace because many young people are working. And I think that's really important. And we also, I think, through this work we do in climate is allowing their voices to be heard and allowing their, the space to have their voices heard, I think is really important. And it's a real learning curve or a learning lesson for trade unions of how to do that and I think working with school climate strikers and and this experience on climate has really opened the eyes of of many trade union leaders and how we can outreach to young people but I think also the reinvigorate and revitalize and re-energize the union movement through that collaboration and as they join and it is it is climate action for trade unions I would say there have been elements of it over the last decades through sustainable development, but this real drive on climate action now, I think, stems from young people being involved in the trade union movement and the work that they're doing across the globe to really raise the issue of climate action. And I think that's where you see over the last three, four years, and particularly in the last COP um, in Glasgow, where trade unions and school climate strikers came together and you saw in Glasgow where there was a bin strike of workers and refuse collectors that the school climate strikers from Greta Thunberg to any any of them participating in Glasgow were out supporting the strikers and they were one of their first speakers at their rally. So you see a real convergence now of trade unions and young people coming together on climate action which is absolutely fantastic. That word convergence is a really powerful one um, and is one that we like to use in our best hope and our best days of what we'd like to achieve and using it as a word of evidence carries with it a, a quite a significant amount of power and energy. Thank you for introducing that and, and talking through that. 
Yeah, as part of a statement that you had written on the climate strikes, you said, quote, through collective action, real change and progressive change can be achieved. Um, so how does that look from the perspective of someone who is part of a trade union, perhaps both within Ireland and outside in terms of a global solidarity in the wider world? I think, first of all, people always identify collective action as going on strike when it comes to trade unions. But I think that's the wrong approach. I think the, the collective action really is around, first of all, workplace democracy. So that's organising in the work to workplace collectively to collectively bargain with your employer. And that means organising the workers in your workplace to join a union to build that collective power. And I think that's really important. Every person can do that to join a union and bring that together in your workplace. And by doing that, can work in collaboration with other groups that are collectively taking action, whether that be school climate strikers, whether that be the farming community, whether that be the environmental pillar, which we have a new Just Transition Alliance on, that collective power all together can bring about real change. And I think that's important because by gathering together and collaborating together, we can build that power. I'm, I'm interested to know your thoughts on the reaching beyond Ireland in the global context in terms of that collective power. It resonated on the streets of Dublin and across the country, I have to say, in those climate strikes that you were directly involved in accompanying young people on. And I was in the middle of all that as well, observing with my hand held high and, and taking photos and doing what I could in terms of just bearing witness to this amazing moment. This linking to other places and, the, as I say, the global solidarity side, yeah, and collective action. I'm curious as to your, your thoughts and impressions in terms of where it goes from here. It isn't, it isn't just about Ireland and it isn't just about the streets of Dublin. Reaching to the wider world, you know, how does that look from your perspective in terms of trade union movement work or you know, as a trade unionist or certainly on mixing workplace and, and workers' rights with climate issues? I suppose, first of all, I think global solidarity is always about breaking down barriers and working through borders. And there are no borders in global solidarity. And we refer to our, the trade movement as our global movement because we're part of that international movement where we do work across borders um, with trade unions, not only in Europe, but across other parts of the world. And through that work that we do, we're able to exchange information, work together on how do we solve the climate crisis, and particularly in, in areas where they are most affected by climate change. Um, so particularly in the global south, but also then working with trade unions in the global north who have the biggest emissions and who are trying to transition through from fossil fuels to renewable energies. So that work collectively together, and we, we that's why we have this term just transition, is that transition to a you know, zero carbon economy must be just, just not leaving anybody behind. And at the core of that is decent work and social dialogue and, and e equality. So by those common principles, we're able to push that collectively through the global trade movement. So we work together on that common narrative so that we can bring about real change. And, and that is working really well right now, particularly on climate change, because we're able, we're establishing throughout the world with governments just transition commissions to work through that transition. So that's that's where you know we have to draw on that collective power. And I think even at the global level with school climate strikers, we have international dialogues with them and I think that's really good because they have broken down more barriers I think than anybody before them in terms of activism over the last 20 years. Just to, just to ask you a, a different kind of question in terms of that work in Dublin on the climate strikes itself I imagine there's there were immense challenges but also 
something that was hugely important, a huge highlight for you, perhaps from those events? I mean, I'm curious as to a challenge that you may have had in that process and, and a highlight for you. I think, first of all, it was a joy to work with the school climate strikers who took a different approach in how they democratically came to their decisions. Um, it was a new way of doing things and it, that was a joy to watch. But I think also um, because there's such a build-up of momentum, quite often there is high expectations. And I think that's always a challenge is to maintain you know, some realistic expectations of what happens on the day. And I think that's really important. And I think they were quite successful in bringing things together. And I think because we had really good allies working alongside them to help them learn how to do this, that that was really great. I think one of the highlights for me is getting to know these young leaders, I think, was really important. And how they worked together um, and how they respected each other. They had diverse views, but they knew what their common objective was. And I think they were honest in their delivery of the action that they wanted from government and from all of us on the day itself and in terms of what we should do next as activists and i think that that was really my highlight i think and really refreshing i think as well What advice would you have for young people uh, looking to act on climate change solidarity work? What would you say to them? What would you suggest? I think, first of all, um, we have the space in the trade movement for them to come to speak with us about climate action and to take action with us on climate. I think my advice to young people on climate is that, that, and I think they know this already, the clock is ticking on climate um, and the action is urgent. And I think that if they are committed to climate action, um, they need not think twice about taking action. I think that's very important. And I, and I think also that don't listen to adults who are trying to tell you not to take divisive action on climate, because at the end of the day, this is about the future. And we need to make sure that the future generations, including young people, are involved in how we tackle the issue right now. Not in 10 years, but right now. Um, so I think they should demand action now. Thanks, Yvonne. I think there's many takeaways from just a, a few minutes of chatting to you, including the role of learning within organisations, but also between each other, between generations. I think it's a very strong takeaway for me. The emphasis on action. Action is for everyone. Why wait? There's plenty to be done in terms of learning through doing. So thank you for encouraging that. And also, I guess I don't, I don't get to meet trade union members every day of the week. And I think the trade union movement is open. And certainly, you know, as a lifelong trade union activist and leader, I think it's wonderful to hear the invitation to link up and join forces and to learn from each other. I think it's a very strong one. So thanks again for your time. Thanks again for the submission of the object. I think it drew a huge amount of interest on the day and on the days, I should say, of the exhibition, and it continues to online. And I I look forward to uh, seeing those vests again and the updated versions of them, possibly ones for adults to wear as well along the way. You know where to find me on a a school climate strike. I will be wearing a high-vis vest. Thanks, Yvonne. See you there. Many thanks to Yvonne for joining us on the podcast. Some really thought-provoking words on our collective power and its potential for change. 
In the next episode, we chat to Fiona King from the School of Education at NCAD, who also touches on the importance of those intergenerational connections and creating and providing space. Without Fiona, the 100 objects may not have even happened. More on that in the next episode. This podcast is brought to you by developmenteducation.ie, run by AidLink, Concern Worldwide, the Irish Development Education Association, the National Youth Council of Ireland, Self-Help Africa, TROCRA, and 8020 Educating and Acting for a Better World, with support from Irish Aid. The podcast is produced by Dylan Crean and Tony Daly. Our theme music is by Jump Lead. We'll see you next time. <laughs>